It's Friday the 29th of January. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee, the man of a thousand nicknames. How are you, Shane? <laughs> I'm really good. It's Friday. I love Fridays and um, lots of sport this weekend, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting to Matty Ryan. Um, it's good to see uh, a young kid from Western Sydney make it onto the big stage at Arsenal Football Club and um, yeah, looking forward to that chat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Didn't grow up with a silver spoon and uh, yeah, looking forward to the chat with Matty. What were some of those nicknames? Meadow? Meadow, Fug, Fug, yeah. Um, a few other ones I can't say on air, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they reckon what Mark Taylor always said, if uh, you're not a good bloke unless you have a nickname. So I must be a really good bloke then, mate. I've got a few. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Afternoon sport. Isn't that right, Tim? Absolutely. I don't have any. <laughs> That's my point. Afternoon sport. Let's get cracking. Well, this is quite controversial, Shane, the way that they've picked this Big Bash team. Uh, no Sanger, he had a cracking season for the Thunder. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's controversial, mate. I think it's a bit of bullshit, to be honest. I think it's um, what what they've done here, I think they've just picked a couple of guys from, from each team. Whilst there's been some great performers uh, announced this team, Hales is obviously having a great season with Philippi at the top of the order um, and Lynn. But they seem to have just put a few extra guys there just to appease um, each franchise, mate. You've got um, Siddle in there. When it comes down to, I suppose, performances, you could say the team on paper is probably right, but if you were playing against that team, I think there's a lot of other guys, including Sanger, that could be including that team that you wouldn't want to play against. So, yeah, I think it's just to uh, keep each franchise happy, mate. Yeah, so controversial from looking outside in. Claim 21 yeah. wickets during the regular season at 16.66. You would think that he, he'd have to be at least a nomination or some sort of comment. Um, anyway, yeah, look, uh, often these teams are picked ceremonially, aren't they? They are, mate. And, um, but the, the, the guy's got, uh, talking about Sanger, he's got a, a huge future. Um, yeah, big wickets. The guy seems to have a really, really good attitude as well. So I'll be watching him closely. And, but, um, yeah, some really, uh, key spinners in front of him, you must admit, in Zampa and Raman. So, um, but, but keep your eye out for him, mate. He's going to be a good, good cricketer in the future. Yeah, and Rashid Khan, who was only there for a portion of the season. Yeah. Look, Mitchell Starkey looks very unlikely to play for the Sixers. That injury, both his knees are a bit of a problem. Uh, so he's going to be in doubt for South Africa. That leads me to ask the question, how are we going to go in South Africa? How's this whole test? I think a lot of people are really fascinated by what, I mean, they, they won't be big crowds, will they, because of the nature of the beast, if any. But um, they're still going to get a reception. They would definitely get a reception. And talking about Stark, if he was a, a horse going into the Melbourne Cup, you wouldn't put a fiver on him at the moment, would you? He looks, as you said, pretty lame. But I think uh, it will be a really tough um, experience for the Australian careers in South Africa. Um, they are a very, very tough team on their home turf. Uh, they play very well under their conditions. It's probably one of the only really um, places you tour as a cricketer where the wickets can vary quite a lot. Joe Berg, you're obviously at altitude. Um, the ball uh, travels really fast there. Um, the wickets can turn a bit down in, in, in Durban. So it, it can be a really, really tough place to tour. Um, and based on the experience we had there last time, they are going to give it to us. So for these young guys within this Australian test team at the moment, it's going to be a really, really um, interesting experience for them. 
did you get over there a couple of times? Yeah, it was a great place to tour. It was that's, um, that's the question I was going to ask. I heard it's just outstanding. It was a good place to tour as a, as a young single guy as well. But uh, that's another story, Timmy. Particularly when you got blonde tips. Yeah, the, the yeah yeah it's it's an extraordinary journey, and that's one of the things about cricket. And I know that you sort of had a bit of a joke the other day about how rugby union they toured Argentina and all the best places mm. of the UK. But but the thing that's fascinating about cricket is where it's played, like the Indian trips, the subcontinental trips, and South Africa, it is it is such a different joint. It is. It's such a different joint. And um, with that, it brings a lot of different experiences. And um, look, the food and the wine was great over there, but the people are really, really passionate about their cricket and rugby. Um, you know, the South Africans have been from a lot of from, a lot of from Dutch descent as well. They're pretty hard, hard people and they really give it to you. And you know you're in a battle when you play them, that's for sure. Sounds like you made some friends, though, when you were young. Made plenty of friends, mate. I still did, too. Yeah, I, I, like you, you, I like you as well, mate. <laughs> Today you do. Uh, well, the microphones <laughs> are on. Now, just, just look, you've done a bit of research. Mitchell Pearce injured. I saw a little bit about this story. What's gone down? So Mitchell Pearce is injured. Um, he's just had his thumb operated on, which I find quite ironic after being done for the texting scandal. Like, how much texting did, <laughs> how much texting did he do to, <laughs> to, to injure his thumb, you know? What do they say? Live by the thumb, die by the thumb, mate. But, uh, yeah, I found that quite... But uh, I gave myself a little belly laugh when I was reading that. He's, he's out for a thumb operation. Oh. Probably nothing to do with the texting scandal, but I'm I'm drawing the two as, as a parallel there, mate. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I set you up nicely and you just whacked it over the net with your Prince racket. I, 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 look, he did injure his thumb at training, but it is quite ironic, isn't it? Oh, the ramifications mm. of those couple of text messages. Boy, oh boy, a marriage, <laughs> a surgery, a captaincy. Yep. This is Afternoon Sport. We better get cracking. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, a real coup for us. Matt Ryan, he's just signed with Arsenal and he's going to have a chat next. Afternoon Sport and a real treat. We've got one of Australia's elite sportsmen on the line from the United Kingdom. Matty Ryan, goalkeeper for the Socceroos. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm uh, pretty well. Yourselves? Yeah, good. Matty, exciting times, mate. Uh, the big move from Brighton to Arsenal mid-season, mate. How are you finding initially, mate? Yeah, it's been great. Um, yeah, you know, the childhood club I grew up supporting as a kid, uh, you know, still sinking in a little bit that uh, that I'm here and I'm representing them. But, uh, you know, absolutely loving being part of the environment here and all that comes with it, um, that winning mentality um, and you know, all that comes with it, it's it's been a real eye-opener and something that I'm looking forward to taking advantage of over these next few months. It's amazing how when a door closes, sometimes a window opens, and, and that window can be an enormous one. Is that the way you look at it, this, this, this real classic chance of opportunity at one of the biggest brands in world sport? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, given my circumstance at Brighton, you know, being – a little bit sort of outcasted there, you know, with all the circumstances that were going on. I was obviously looking in that January window to get myself in a better situation. And, um, yeah, I'm someone that has an enormous amount of desire to be out on the pitch playing. And I know perhaps there could be a few people that perceive this move as maybe a step backwards in, in not having that, you know, having Bern Leno there, the goalkeeper that's done a great job and is a, a real good goalkeeper and has proven that time and time again. But I think, you know, with the bigger picture going through it and assessing all that it is, you know, I feel like there's a lot I can learn from, you know, this experience over the, these next few months. And, you know, I'm going to obviously be there and, and try to push Burn and the other goalkeeper also as best I can. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, be pushing me as well to bring out the best in me. And, 
and then you know there's this they're still in the Europa League as well and obviously got a tough schedule there with the Premier League and you know I'm looking to do all that I can to get out on that pitch and, and represent them and yeah I'm sure you know being in that environment around you know some of the world's best players and even if I don't get out on the pitch, there's still going to be a lot that I'll take away from it and, and learn and grow from. Mate's a great attitude. Anyone that thinks this, this is a backward move, mate, uh, doesn't really know sport. I think it's a fantastic move for you. I think um, also, mate, what's the feeling like inside Arsenal? Because they've had a, a fantastic January, haven't they? Yeah, it would have been, yeah, probably at the beginning of January when they started to go on this run, I think it was. Or I think yeah. it was in December when we actually played them. Uh, Brighton played Arsenal back, uh, I think, the 28th of December around that date. And I think they had just come off a, a win uh, at home to Chelsea, I think it was, and then they backed it up with a win against us. And yeah, it's 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 a good time to arrive at the club because mm. spirits are high, and I really get the sense of you know through some conversations that you know Mikel Arteta himself has got the change room where he wants it to be right now. I think there were mm. perhaps some personalities in there which didn't quite uh, match up with the environment that he wanted to instill. And I think he's slowly but surely sort of weeded them out in his opinion. And the environment around the place now is a real friendly and warm, you know, family environment. I was, I was intrigued as to what it would be like going there. You know, these players, some of the best in the world that are portrayed in the media to be obviously, you know, gods and great players and all that like like they are. I was just wondering how they were going to be obviously in a team environment and, and in a dressing room. But I can't fault them. Like everyone's been so friendly and so kind to me, so welcoming, you know, going out of their way to help me settle in and all that. And uh, it's, it's really taken me by surprise how um, how friendly everyone is. That must be a, a real welcome surprise as well because uh, it, it got a bit tough at Brighton, didn't it? Because I mean, when you think of COVID and everything else that's gone down over the past 12 months and when it wasn't quite working out, how do you reflect on that? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a real tough period. Uh, I'm still... I'm still sort of struggled to come to terms with sort of how I ended up in that scenario in, in you know, in, in the first place, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, there was no falling out. There was nothing like that that I had with the manager or, or anything like that. You know, it's always hard to determine how much, I guess, the, the business side and the political side of the club comes into it or, or whatnot, yeah. or whether perhaps it was just the manager's decision, feeling like there was someone better to, to do the job. But, um, you know, uh, you know, I've got no regrets because I can comfortably look myself in the mirror each day and I know that I gave everything that I got and I continue to give everything that I've got of myself um, in order to give myself the best opportunity to to play to my fullest potential for whoever I represent. And, you know, to be able to do, do that or, or say that, you know, gives me peace of mind and, you know, I, I took that approach, in, in, you know, on a day-to-day level and I did all that I can and if it wasn't good enough, then... You know, I wish whoever comes in to, to do all the best and hopefully continue to represent the club in in the best way because, yeah, it's a real tight-knit community down there and, you know, I'm proud of the contribution that I made down there and I guess, you know, with all the disappointment that it was, all that I've learned in my career until now is sometimes when someone has opinions, you, you can't always control certain things and, yeah. you know, disappointments or that, they can weigh you down and, if you can continue in that, I guess, negative mind frame and all that from all that and you don't quickly switch that to, you know, it being a learning curve and, mm. um, you know, a moment that you can, you know, grow from and, and all these types of things, then, you know, you're going to be sort of stuck in that um, in that rut a little bit. So I just quickly tried to shift my focus to preparing for the next opportunity whenever or wherever it was going to come and, 
um, just try to work on a day-to-day basis and, and try to stay in a positive mindset. And yeah, thankfully there's, there's an opportunity to come up here at Arsenal mm-hmm. and looking to take full advantage of it. Mate, that's a really good attitude, particularly in COVID, mate. And I think a lot of people can learn from that, and not even people who are playing sport, mate. So that's a really, really good attitude, mate. Growing up, um, you're you're a Western Suburbs boy. Your your idol was Mark Schwarzer, and you end up taking his spot in the national team. But Australia somehow we produce a long line of of successful world class goalkeepers. Why do you think that is? I think because a lot of the sports you go up playing as a kid in Australia requires a lot of hand eye coordination, okay. and um, I think that definitely helps. And I guess the the proof is in the pudding, you know. Mm. Like you said, the the number of goalkeepers that Australia has produced playing at the highest levels all through Europe has been something that's been ongoing for quite some time. So I definitely think I think the main yeah thing in the water, so they say, out in Australia is I think <laughs> that you know being obviously a sporting nation, you know, in the climate and the weather, always outside playing sports as a kid growing up, and yeah, all those sports with the hand eye coordination. I think that's probably the the thing that um, helps contribute to that. And uh, Graham Arnold, has he been on the phone much and in contact? I know he's 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 a pretty communicative kind of guy through through most of the year. Yeah, I, he always has been throughout my career. But yeah, um, recently as well during these times, always someone that I'm in in contact with and always interested in in what his opinion is as well. And uh, he's someone that I've obviously spoken to numerous times over the last few months and. Uh, yeah, he was quite proud when I broke the news to him that it looked like, you know, I, I told him straight away that when there was interest and all that. And then yeah, it was a little bit of a few days and all that in between before it sort of looked like it was going to become a 100%, you know, certain thing. And um, yeah, he, he seemed over the moon and, and thought it was a, a good step. I obviously explained to him my thought process behind it and, and what my plan is and, and what would be the outcome and all those types of things and um, what, you know, the planned outcome, hopefully. And uh, he was on board from the get go. And, you know, it was one of those things from where I was standing. It was, it was too good to, to say no to. So um, given, given my circumstances, so I'm uh, really happy and excited to be here and, yeah, that fresh change that I was after. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to be in an environment again where you're actually wanted, you know, and not in an environment where, yeah, you're not not wanted. So, um, so yeah, no, looking forward to it and, yeah, really enjoying um, my experience so far. Matty, as a kid, you you have dreams and you, and you dream about playing and, and being successful. But did you, did you do you think you really believe that one day you'd be at such a world-class, one of the biggest clubs in the world? <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, I yeah. always... I always speak to my mum, you know, it, you know, some of my best mates, Bernie Abini and all these guys, like, and, and with my mum, the conversations that we had growing up, like, you know, I'd be with my mum in the car on the way home from school and be like, hey, you ever think we'll actually be able, you know, be good enough to get overseas out of Australia, you know, yeah. let alone, you know, let alone to the top, to, to the pinnacle and all that. And yeah, sometimes when we are on FaceTime and we have a, a chat and all that, we, we have a little giggle about these types of, conversations that we used to have and all this and and now to be here and and all that but um yeah it just it's just been an incredible journey and you know one that i'm nowhere near on being satisfied with what i've done until now you know as long as i'm fit and able to i I try and enjoy every triumph every tough lesson tough moment as it comes but then as long as i'm willing and, and able to mentally physically technically all that this, you know, I want to make it the, the best career that I can possibly have. And um, I'll just keep, you know, I'll enjoy moments of triumphs and all that, but then I'll be on to the next challenge that's in front of me and what I want to achieve and all that. And 
you know, start working towards that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, your mum did an amazing job. You, you didn't grow up with a silver spoon in the western suburbs of Sydney, but uh, look at you now. I'm so proud that you're uh, happy and, and where you want to be right at the moment. And, and you and I are both ambassadors for a great charity called Cure the Future, and our friend Diane Langmack does so much work around it. So, uh, I uh, yeah, I credit you with uh, with what you've done, Matty. Cheers, uh, Tim. Yeah, Diane Langmack, she's an absolute champion of a person. And, yeah, you know, the foundation there, John Rusko, Cure the Future, obviously they do great work in, um, you know, trying to do exactly that. And I just hope one day... You know, if we can imagine a world without um, without illness, without disease, it's uh, it'd be a pretty good uh, pretty good world. So, um, you know, kudos to her and all the work that she does with the foundation and, and the foundation themselves. Well, Matty, I can't wait to uh, to witness down the track, mate. You uh, you saving the final goal in a penalty shootout in the FA Cup for Arsenal. So, um, congratulations, mate, and well done, and enjoy the ride, buddy. <laughs> Cheers, mate. It'll have to be Europa League, perhaps, <laughs> maybe, because we, we got knocked out of the FA Cup on top. No, no. This is down the track, mate, down the track. Down the track, yeah. yeah but, yeah, yeah we'll, see. we'll see how we go. But, uh, no, nah, I appreciate the wishes, guys, and, uh, yeah, hopefully I can continue to make uh, everyone down there proud and, you know, be an example that, you know, dreams to come true and all the future kids out there continue working hard and giving all of themselves to it and, you know, they can easily be in my shoes one day. Absolutely. Go get them, buddy. Cheers, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, he's freshly out of a haircut, John Stephenson. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com Afternoon sport, rarely are you on $140 million and out of a job. John Stephenson joins us. How are you, Steph? Hey, Timmy. Hey, Shane. Uh, how are you guys? Mate, how's things, mate? Listen, um, as Timmy just alluded to, Lewis Hamilton is out of a contract, out of a job, unemployed. Guys, all the storm in the teacup. I would not even be giving this any oxygen. But we are. We want to give it oxygen. It's a podcast. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> That's our job. But it's my job to keep it $1 million. It's my job to keep it $1 million. And I would have given the listeners one million. There's no way in the world Lewis Hamilton is dumb enough to leave Mercedes. He has got seven world championships. He has a chance of winning eight world championships. This is purely just management and lawyers getting in the way, um, trying to get the most money for their clients because the more money they get for their client, the more money they can take as a percentage. So I, I don't think Toto Wolff is deeply concerned about whether Lewis um, will be with the team or not. There is absolutely no threat of George Russell taking Lewis's seat. Um, I'm merely, I, I do think by the time Bahrain comes, we'll see Lewis, um, whether they're going to have the black car again this year for Black Lives Matter, as they famously did this year, or mm. if it's going to be the Silver Arrows, we don't know yet. But uh, I'm sure Lewis will be um, in, the, in, the, in the TriStar Mercedes um, come this season. It's just a stupid money. It's unbelievable. Look, what about McLaren just quickly? I really enjoyed that little tribute piece. Daniel Ricciardo, of course, has gone to McLaren and they, they had that video with the down under. It was a, it was a really nice social media um, piece if you haven't seen it. What did you think, John? This is the beauty of Australian athletes, right? We bring flavour to any team and Daniel Ricciardo in the Formula 1 scene, he's loved around the paddock um, and I think McLaren is smart enough to understand that he's not just a race car driver, he's a brand. And they're making sure they're leveraging off his brand and they've done a great job in it. And I think that they're going to they're going to take the crossover fans that Daniel has personally and bring them to McLaren. Hey, why not? If it sells more merchandise for them, the more revenue they can make, not only for themselves, but for FIA, the better it is. And it's better for Daniel as well. It's good they're promoting his brand. I, I think 
even though he got paid a lot of money at Renault, he's going to get more favours of McLaren. McLaren learned very much of Lando Norris with the helmet designs he did with, with, with fans um, riding in to win a chance to have Lando's helmet um, to, to put their own livery on his helmet this year for, as a sponsor. Um, and I'm sure they're going to do a lot of those sort of, you know, Marcom's pieces as the year goes by with Daniel. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's the perfect billboard for that. Hey, Johnny, um, let, let's go to boxing. And uh, a, a guy, Tim Zhu, who I think in, in, in 10 years' time, in 10 years' time when we talk about great Australian sports people, I think his name will come up. But he's um, close to finalising his next fight, isn't he? Oh, mate, this is absolutely juicy. Uh, they're billing him to take on against Dennis Hogan, a super welterweight who's, who's fought against some really good fighters. You know, his last fight was against an American by the name of Jamal Charlo, and, and he famously has a twin brother, the, the Charlo twins. And one of them is really the super welterweight champion of the world. So Dennis trains with Glenn Rushton, who trains famously trains Jeff Horn, the Horn at Horn. And this fight is honestly, for me, is a tough one for Zoo. I think Zoo will win this fight um, because he's just a slicker boxer. But but Dennis Hogan's a tough Irishman that that comes with it. I mean, he, he took on a boxer in Jamal Charlo and and he gave Jamal a few troubles, you know. And, and Jamal's not no slouch. I mean, this is who Tim Zoo wants to fight. So. Um, you're quite right, Shane. If he wins against Dennis Hogan quite easily, mm. he's really a mandatory um, for the WBO title. So I think this is going to be a fight that can make or break Tim, but I still do think Tim gets the win. It's interesting, though, because though, like, he doesn't have to fight him, does he? Like, it just goes to show that he, he's going to back himself. The way they've progressed him, they've done a great job so far. He's, he's with no limit boxing management, and he's their cash cow, right? I mean, he's their ticket. He's their Jeff. Like Jeff Horn has been the fighter um, before Tim now, and Tim famously beat Jeff and passed. And they, it was almost like the passing of the guard to Tim to be now the next boxing superstar for Australia. So I don't think they're, they're stupid enough to put him against somebody they think they can't be. Plus, he's famously got his dad, who's no, he's not, he's not an idiot around boxing. He understands boxing and the management and the game that boxing is. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that they would not take a fight that instant they can beat. I'm sure it'll be under their, you know, their rules. But it's, again, it will be a tough fight. This will be for Dennis. It'll be a chance for him to make a name for himself um, and put himself back in the rankings. I just want to clarify. Sorry, he will be mandatory for the WBO title, the WBA title. So um, that's, that's Tim Zhu. If he, if he, if what he already is, that's mandatory for the WBO title. So it is interesting. It, it's, it's a definitely a watch this space. It's great for Australian boxing because this is not a a gimme fight or a setup fight for Tim. It's a tough fight. Um, but again, I'll say this: he will get the win. And, and so far, I've been I've been 100 with my strike rate with all my predictions. Like you can call, you can call me Mystic Mac, like Conor McGregor. I predict these things. <laughs> but you are you're 100 one man. Hey, um, I was going to say Tim, Tim Zhu, as you talk about, he, he is a in my in my eyes a, a real pure fighter. And um, something that's also pure is obviously the Olympics. Now, is there any truth in the rumor that poker is coming to the Olympics? Uh, it's, right now, it's all rumor, but I think you know there's definitely a perception change here. Um, that's working behind the scenes where um, there are people that from my inside knowledge uh, that are trying to turn poker into a sport of minds, which, which it really think about it. It really is, you know, like it's played millions of people play online everywhere. Unfortunately, it has this gambling stigma with most people. It's mostly mm. done around casinos and, and played for money. But if you really look at the game and the bones of poker, it's a bit like chess in, in a way of, of out strategizing your opponent, um, both physically by eyeing and watching their mannerisms. But at the same time, there's a bit of life. But there's also a lot of skill in understanding the cards, understanding when to play, understanding what your, your, your opponent might or might not have. Um, and so if we saw breakdancing, far out. I mean, how, how, can we not, how, how can we not see poker be at the Olympic Games? 
Well, at least you have a bourbon and coke where you're, where you're playing, I suppose. <laughs> sure, surely it's got breakdancing covered. <laughs> but, but hang on a second. No, no, sorry. Hang on a second. It's funny you say mm. that. We Like five to ten years ago, we looked at esports and we laughed. Esports is a billion-dollar industry where millions of kids play. There's massive tournaments where there's rock stars. For, they call these guys now athletes that play these video games. they got multi-million-dollar sponsorships, whether it's Red Bull, whether it's Monster Energy. And the, and you think that these kids, all they're doing is drinking Red Bull, playing video games, but they actually got now camps and institutes where kids go and actually train. They 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 get physically fit. Um, they practice video games. They sleep early. they got nutritionists. they got chefs. they got weight trainers. And then they go and play these massive tournaments for millions of dollars around packed arena around the world so hey we can laugh and joke about it but i'm sure poker can can definitely get to those heights if they progress with this sport of minds play yeah absolutely and a nice burst of energy there from you as well i thought was fantastic and look look and that's the thing about esports and we, and we have our man brad timmons who's our, our regular on esports he was articulating the way that just gone through the roof through the pandemic now i don't want to digress or or sort of take the the, the heaviness out of the conversation but john you've just had a workout what 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 what, what are you lifting at the moment but well, look, Tim, you know, my body is my temple and I, I keep saying this for listeners, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you perform good. So I encourage everybody to get out there and push some iron, go for a run and eat good. Be like Johnny Steph. What were you lifting? <laughs> Tim, what do you mean? I throw iron around. I mean, that's what you do at a gym, aren't <laughs> Yeah, but what's the kilo? It's not that tough a question. No, no, I, I like to go to the gym. Today was shoulders today, so I just wanted to work on my physique, get that V. But um like I said, I feel I feel great, Tim. You know, I mean, I believe it's all the state of mind. I'm out there just nourishing the body. I'm giving the body back what it needs. Hey, Timmy, I'll tell, I'll tell you what he's lifting. He's lifting the ratings when he comes on the show, mate. That's what he's doing. Yes, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. For our listeners, before we got on air, we have a little little chat, a little chat. And I did say, Tim is an absolute gentleman. And, he, you know, he never spits at the step. So, Tim, I really appreciate those uh, those kind sentiments that you did not give me. And, Shane, I love every nice comment you always say to me, my friend. Oh, I do. Yeah, look, and in closing, I just find it remarkable. Remarkable that you took it to the the, the the top of the you know World Championships, Olympics, and Commonwealth Games without ego, John. Great to talk to you. <laughs> love it, love it. See, oh, see you, buddy. Take care, man. Bye bye. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today goes to Matty Ryan and John Stephenson. Thank you also, Shane, to Spartan Sports. www.spartansportshq.com And another man who's had a fresh haircut and a fresh attitude towards the podcast world. He's brilliant, Dan McHugh. See you guys. See you then.